Some voters in Tennessee react with outrage to the Republican-led expulsion of two black lawmakers from the state House of Representatives. Growing community outrage over the expulsion of two Democrats, former state representatives Justin Pearson and Justin Jones from the Tennessee state legislature. Now, who was these niggas? We don't know these niggas. One nigga look Asian and the other one look gay. Matter of fact, they both look gay. Let's talk about it. Three. Hey, my mom. Welcome back. Bear Back Podcast. I'm yours. I have no guest here with tonight. Me and my little cuz. Little nug. What up? Only one I got on my team so far, man. So it's my first one without a real guest, but you know, nothing my guest, but he family though. So it's a little different. So get into it. A lot of it going on. Try to be consistent. Try to go up. Because I'm tired of motherfucking streets. Nigga brought here broke as fuck. <laughs> I mean, I even see it. It's the weird things. I'm not really broke. But I can get in trouble if, if I go hard. So it's a, it's a weird thing. Changing my life. You know what I'm saying? So I'm in transition stage. Anybody who get into it, you know, go nuck, fade me out. Uh, I said fade me out. That's stupid. You heard a settle, nigga? God damn. All right, so check it. So a lot going on. So in Tennessee, um, three, um, what, GOPs or... Whatever I it was. I believe they were Democratic. Uh, Democratic what, GOPs? Well, House Representatives? I was, yeah, I think they was House Representatives. Okay, got kicked, well, well two got kicked out um, in one state. The white woman said, you know, of course, you know, white, you know, they don't get rid of white people. They don't fire white people. We keep white people employed. They got rid of the black guys. Well, one was black for sure. Other one, like, he was fucking Asian, what, we, a Blasian? Blasian, Blasian. We don't know the fuck them niggas was. And there's doing a lot of fucking Martin Luther King reenactments. I don't trust those guys. I don't trust Democrats, but I'm for the black shit. So it's not fair that they fire those two, you know, one black, one black and impossible and keep the white bitch. Black men who were sent here overwhelmingly uh, voted by their district and they expelled them for speaking out against gun violence, but they kept the white woman in office who was just as guilty of speaking out against gun violence and has displayed multiple acts of disruption and civil disobedience throughout the years that she's been here it's, it's a playbook i'm saying any positions of power political they always get rid of us since 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 since, since wilmington what 1970 what, what, what um 18 1898 ever since wilmington this month marks 123 years since the 1898 wilmington north carolina massacre white supremacists overthrew a legally elected multiracial government in the city with a majority black population during the reconstruction era this year the community came together for a unity service in remembrance of the estimated 60 to 250 people killed by the mob well yeah it happened in Wilmington, north carolina too politically they get rid of black men they got rid of martin luther king they got rid of malcolm x you know let's get rid of all our leaders and shit's not anything from to do so this ain't nothing new but it's funny because there was protesting what gun laws yeah gun violence due to the recent shooting with the transgender i don't know if it was a, oh, it was a trans so it was, it was, so so the weirdo was born a woman. Nashville police keep identify the shooter as 28 year old Audrey Hale, who police say identifies as transgender. That I don't know what it was. I, and I the, and the, the weirdo identify as a man. Okay. The thing is about gun laws, right? People mentally stable shouldn't have guns. You mean mentally unstable? I agree. Yeah, mentally unstable. I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, correct. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 yeah, so mentally unstable sh sh shouldn't have guns. That's a fact. 100%. Do you agree that people who are trans, whatever they are, are mentally unstable? To a certain degree. They have identity issues. 
Who are these people? The media calls them transgenders. For activists, T is the label in the LGBT. As a medical professional, we have a very sophisticated term called gender dysphoria. That's a mental illness. I mean, it used to be in 1973, it's something. They're mentally unstable. They identify as something else. That's not normal to identify as anything other which you are. Yeah. And it's funny how you identify as being a different sex, but you can't identify as being a different race unless you're white and you pretend to be black. Unless you put a reek in and pretend to be black. But nobody black can pretend to be anything else but a motherfucking black person. So anyway... They got they got rid of them um them them, them, them guys, but what they gonna do is make them famous now. We don't know these guys where they come from. I don't I don't trust people like that. So gun control, how, how you feel about gun control? Like, I don't I don't um agree with gun control because what is gun control? Less guns. Yeah, well, basically what they want to do, they just want to take away all the guns. But if you take away all the guns, people are always gonna get guns. You know what I'm saying? Because people are gonna buy them illegally. Now, if you stop the regular citizen from getting a gun, all right. Now the people who you guys consider criminals, if they get the gun. Then what? Gun control should be everyone get a gun. That neutralizes everything. Get the teachers guns. They just did that in Florida. Give everybody guns. Get the teachers. Get the fucking security guards. Nah, I don't agree with teachers because how some of the teachers um, treat the, the black students. Yeah, if yeah, a yeah, black yeah, student yeah. do something that they don't agree with, that will give them probable cause to shoot. You know what I'm saying? You know how people. They be I mean, we shouldn't have white, white, white teachers teaching white black kids anyway. Like, yeah, I agree. Un unless, unless you unless grew nothing. up in an environment like that. Unless nothing. No exceptions. No. Every ethnicity teaches their own ethnicity. All right. So therefore, you you won't have no biasness. You won't have no. I mean, unless you're self-deprecating, self-hating, motherfucker. Because that mm -hmm. happens too. But we, we can smell those. Yep. Get those out of the paint. So yeah. So they got rid of the two two guys though. But they always punish punish the like the I don't know. I don't want to say a minority, but in this case, it's a black guy and a possible the Tyree Nichols case, right? Anyways, a white cop. Yeah, Janae, that's right. Good morning to you. Tyree Nichols' family tells me they want to see everyone in those videos held accountable for their actions. Now, Preston Hemphill is one of the first officers seen confronting the 29-year-old. Memphis police stating that that officer violated several department policies, including truthfulness and the rules on handling a stun gun. Now, when you take a look at this video, he's the white officer seen using that stun gun during the first police interaction with Nichols. And after Nichols runs off, he is heard saying, he hopes they stomp him. Five other officers, all black, were fired and now face second-degree murder charges. So far, Hempel has not been charged. Now He didn't get fired. I'm saying like the black cops got fired immediately. He got sent home with pay. And to this day, I don't think he's fired. Are you talking about the one where the, where, where, um, where the black cops beat, beat Tyree Nichols? Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, and it's, it's like every time you have a crime with black people and somebody's white there, the white person always get off. That's what I'm saying. So this is a, what do you expect from an unfair racist country anyway? Oh, come to find out. I think we're losing allies now too. So, you know, we got China, the BRICS thing, you know, Saudi Arabia's fucking with the BRICS. Um, Israel talking shit now to Joe Biden. And Japan. What's happening right now is very striking. This is the first time really that Israeli leadership has openly uh, broken with U.S. leadership. The new administration, especially the leading figures like Ben Gvir and Smotrich are simply telling the United States, get lost. Netanyahu has made a pretty strong statement saying, we're a sovereign country, we'll do what we want. We don't care what you say. It's the first time the confrontation has been this clear. 
paying this bull oil at, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a at a at a at a rate that's unreasonable. Every once in a while, we ask the question, who is winning the war in Ukraine? And victory is measured in many ways, not just in terms of territory, but also the political goals that each side strikes. Tonight, we want to tell you about Russia's wins. Russia has one more buyer of oil, and that buyer is Japan. And this is a very, very significant turn, a big win for Russia, a big blow to the West, and vindication of sorts for India. Although it doesn't really help India, we'll tell you why in just a bit. But first, let's understand why this is such a big deal. You see, Japan is a close ally of the US. Japan joined the West in sanctioning Russia. And now the same Japan has decided to buy Russian oil. How can they do that? If Japan had sanctioned Russia, how can it buy Russian oil? Because it kept oil and gas out of the sanctions, just like Europe did. Japan stopped short of sanctioning Russian oil and gas, and now it wants to buy cheaper Russian oil. This is a setback to America's plans of containing Russia. So it's going down. So pretty soon the whole world is turning on the United States. The dollar is falling constantly because the dollar was backed by something. It's backed by nothing. And on top of that, different countries now are like using their own currency or they're using, you know, Chinese currency. So... Things about to get real high. Things about to get real expensive. It's about, to, it's about to be. It's about to be bad out here. I said it last time. It's about to be bad out here, but it's getting worse by the day. Dollars constantly. It's, it's dollars falling because it's literally backed by nothing. It used to be backed by you know the military. We've been helping the fucking Ukraine so much. Our military is getting weak with ammunition. America is going around spending money, giving these people money when the money don't mean nothing no more. Mm-hmm. Like it's getting real bad, man. So Kamala Harris went to um Africa, trying to spread division between the sexes. She's over there, you know, in Uganda, talking about black about how women are are the backbone of the country, how women is, how women that coming in with that white feminism, just sneaking out white feminism. Now I'm saying, you know, what follows white feminism, right? What yeah. follows it? LGBTQ. To make progress in three key areas: the empowerment of women. Women around the world must be able to fully participate in economic, political, and social life. And they must be able to participate equally, including in leadership roles. It is a key to maximizing global growth and opportunity. However, we see gender disparities around the world, including in the United States. Disparities we must all address. On the continent of Africa, we know women grow a majority of the food, yet they are less likely to own the land they farm. They represent a majority of frontline healthcare workers but face disparities in health outcomes. Women are entrepreneurs, yet have limited access to capital and markets. They are peacemakers and bridge builders, yet continue to be underrepresented at the tables where decisions are being made. First, these are the feminism. Get the women against the men. The lesbian, no one here, you don't hear about lesbians no more. No, nah, you definitely don't. You hear about gays. Yeah. Because the T's are usually gay men. 
The LGNB are based on sexualities. They're based on sex, biological realities. Yes. But the T is based on gender identity, which is not based in biological reality. In fact, I would argue that it's opposed to biological reality. The LGB is very different from the T, and I don't think it's fair to lump us all into the same acronym. These guys are gay men or they're men who are monopolizing opportunity to beat up women in sports. Not just that, they try to prey on straight men too. And I, I don't get that part. Can't pay on straight men, they don't end up dead. And he, I had a guy up here who, who actually had a train in his car. He, he, he grabbed his dick. The dude, the dude Ash, my, my first episode. Man, nah, he, 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 he said it, he said it, but he wouldn't get into it. He told me after the camera, he said, yo, he's, he's, he's a chicken with, 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 this, with, this, with this fucking crack whore or whatever. And um, as he was kissing the bitch, kissing the guy, he went to <laughs> grab the pussy. It was a whole dick. <laughs> yeah, nigga's a weirdo. I said, yeah, how you, I said, how you ain't kill that motherfucker, man? He said, you know, I don't know, I don't know how you ain't kill that motherfucker. I don't. You you sure he ain't do something with it? Cause I have no, he ain't tell me he did. Probably did though. He he's probably a weirdo. did, yeah. Cause cause you know he, he's um what's some Iranians? Iranians fuck goats and shit. For yeah. real? Look it up. Nah, I, I ain't uh, Arabian. Is it Iranians or the Arabians? One of the motherfuckers fuck goes. They're the same as us. Anyway, <clears throat> so Kamala Harris in Africa talking about how important Africa is and shit. Only because China is there, you know, giving, like I say, infrastructure. Think about America is. We just go places, disrupt the whole government, sit coups, and keep people in poverty and take resources. Yeah. As opposed to China's going there, respecting everything in their culture, and just they getting resources too, but they, 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 at least they're getting bridges. At least they're getting buildings. At least they're getting internet. At least they're getting electricity. At least they're getting water. America never gave nobody nothing. The U.S. has traditionally seen Africa as a problem to be solved, while China sees Africa as a place of opportunity. This simple sentence is the easiest way to understand the different approaches both China and the U.S. have had towards Africa. And as a result, this is what's happening. Since China launched its ambitious Belt and Road Initiative 10 years ago, 149 countries around the globe have joined, including 49 of the 54 countries in Africa. This is now a major concern for the U.S. government. Africa is one of the wealthiest continents in the world, blessed with some of the world's most valuable resources resources, minerals, and commodities. The United States has always had a strategic interest in Africa, but that interest has always been in the resources of the continent and not for the future development of African people. In today's video, I'm going to highlight some of the mistakes the U.S. has made and why many African countries are now looking to China for future growth. In addition, let's also highlight some of the groundbreaking Belt and Road projects from China that have changed Africa's future. For many Africans, their perception of China has changed because they can see the tangible results of China entering the continent. 100,000 kilometers of road, 10,000 kilometers of railway, over a thousand bridges, a hundred ports, and scores of hospitals and schools. These are the type of projects that give hope to future generations and provide pathways for living a better quality of life. Instead of making similar infrastructure investments in Africa, the U.S. government's primary objective is lecturing African leaders on the dangers of working with China in hopes that the U.S. can somehow reverse the trend of Chinese investment into Africa. This strategy is not respectful to African nations because the U.S. assumes African leaders don't know how to make the best decisions for their own countries. Here was what Mackie Saul, the president of the African Union, recently stated. When we talk, we're often not listened to, or in any case, not with enough interest. This is what we want to change. And let no one tell us, no, don't work with so-and-so, just work with us. We want to work and trade with everyone. 20 years ago, the U.S. dominated trade in Africa, while China had almost zero presence in the continent. Chinese leaders didn't sit down and strategize on how to stop the United States in Africa. China simply launched its own plans to grab their market share. Fast forward to today, and China 
is clearly winning the race. In 2022, China's trade with Africa reached $261 billion, an amount nearly five times that of the United States. But a statistic that is even more important and really shows how effective China's mission in Africa has been is a recent poll which found 77% of African youth believe China is the most important partner for the future success of their country. But how did America lose its position as leader in Africa? It comes down to one simple mistake. The U.S. government often disrespects smaller, developing countries. Let me explain. When the United States wants to engage with Africa, it treats the continent as one place and fails to address each country individually. When China deals with Africa, it deals with each country individually, giving respect and the chance for each country to voice their individual concerns and needs to China. The lack of respect existing in U.S. foreign policy is a major concern. Listen to what this diplomat from Zimbabwe had to say. What really is behind the failure of effective engagement with Africa is the disrespect of the Africans. That's where the problem begins. It's always the United States setting the agenda, the United States setting the policies, and the United States telling the Africans about the policies. Mm. That is no way to have any meaningful engagement. Last December, Joe Biden hosted 49 African heads of state in Washington, D.C. for the U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit. Once again, the main objective of the summit was to convince African leaders the United States is a better trading partner than China. But once again, notice the American mistake here. Instead of focusing on our own investments and genuinely wanting to help the people of Africa, the entire goal of the summit was to convince African leaders that America is good and China is bad. Ultimately, it left very few Africans feeling any confidence moving forward. There was a lot of criticism of the last summit like this under President Obama that there was like no follow through. And what I'm hearing from you is frankly a lot of disappointment and, um, uh, you know, a lot of pessimism about what may come out of this summit. Nothing is going to come out of it because it is a one sided conversation. So the fact that it is a one sided conversation that is yet going to be another useless meeting with no outcomes. The reason this is happening is because there is a disrespect for the Africans. There is a general feeling that we don't need to hear from the Africans. Their opinions do not matter. President Biden would not pick up and go to meet with any other leader in the world without an agenda. That simply doesn't happen. Right. So what makes the U.S. think that they can engage African leaders without an agenda? And everybody is tired of America. America is treating it like how they treat it <coughs> over here. So America is treating Africa like they treat niggas. Exactly. And Africa got, got a little more. The thing about Africa is Africa could, could be real strong. Africa. Africa could be real strong if they unite. Mm -hmm. But what keeps, you know, what keeps Africa divided? Tribalism. That too, but Europeans. This is all colonized by different people and shit. But so, but this is the thing about it. Europeans could go in Africa and move fluidly. I'm saying, motherfucking Africans can't. If Africa unite, it's 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 it's, it's a wrap because they got all the resources. If they get see, if if Africa do what China did, was take fifty years or two generations and just learn how to do everything, like sending people out everywhere and learn everything, and come back. When China, China wasn't shit. Like in 19, 1970s. What they did was they took time off to learn everything and learn how to copy everything. So now we can compete with, with, cause America's the home of the tax. Mm -hmm. We just tax everything. Capitalism is just nothing but greed. Why is basically capitalism is just white greed, but empire can't thrive off greed. We must admit America has a track record of being treacherous, um, picking sides, instigating. Like we thrive, America dies over war. If there's no war, there's no profit. 
World War One, World War Two, Korean War, Korean, any war. We so for some, some somehow that that gets the fucking economy going. But in peaceful times, we can't because we ain't taking enough nobody. And I think I think the last straw is really is the LGBTQ shit. I think that really fucked it up. What is your message to Western human rights groups, to President Obama, respect, to lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender re people? Respect African societies and their values. If you don't agree, you just keep quiet. Let's manage our society the way we see. If we are wrong, we shall find out by ourselves. Just the way we don't interfere with yours. Do you personally dislike homosexuals? Of course, they are disgusting.